This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morrison. This week, we're getting the month of December started with a recap of the Bates swimming and diving program's continued dominance of the main state meet. This past weekend, the women and the men won it for the fourth straight year. We will recap a competitive week for the squash programs and introduce you to Bates strength and conditioning coach, Mike Seltzer. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. In the fourth annual Maine State Meet, the Bates swimming and diving teams were victorious yet again. The Bobcat men and women have won the meet every year since its inception in 2015. The Bates women scored 1,105.5 points over two days to defeat runner-up Bowden by 97.5. And the Bates men scored 1,162 points well ahead of second place Colby. For the women... First year, Caroline Sweeney won the 200 and the 100-yard freestyle races. She also delivered strong relay performances, helping the Bates women take third in the 200-yard freestyle relay, second in the 200-yard medley relay, and third in the 400-yard freestyle relay. For her efforts, Caroline Sweeney is our female Bobcat of the Week. As a first year, Caroline, this was your first experience at the Main State Meet. What were your impressions of how it went? Um, it was so much fun being able to swim with all the other Bobcats and seeing how well everyone has done so early on in the meet because, yeah, we've been training really hard, but seeing everyone go that fast so early on gets me so excited for the rest of the season. Terrific. And you swam freestyle and backstroke. When did you first start swimming both of those, and how did you come to like determine with the coaches those be your events here kind of? Um, so I started swimming backstroke in high school, and it just kind of came about because my shoulders were bothering me with fly, and I thought, might as well try something else out. And then um, it just kind of took off from there, and I've been working on it, and it's been going okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Every swimmer freestyles is the first thing they learn probably. Yeah, it's definitely something you learn basics. You learn that pretty early on, and then – I tried doing butterfly, and I've just been trying to grow my strokes and get stronger and everything else as well. Terrific. And so, you know, relays versus individual events, for you, what are some similarities, differences, I guess, your approach? I definitely think I get more excited for relays because it's all about the team at that point, and you put everything you have in that pool. Um, I definitely get excited for my individual events because I think the same extent I'm like I'm swimming for baits now and this is all I got to give and I got to give everything I have. Um, so I definitely I think every time I go up on the blocks I'm like I got to give my best effort and just do it for the team. Great. When did you start swimming growing up? So I started swimming when I was really young, just playing in the water. And then my brothers started swimming competitively and I wanted to be like them. So I followed in their footsteps and I've been swimming competitively since I was seven years old. And when did you decide, oh, I can probably swim in college? I just pretty much continued with it and I played soccer as well. But then I just decided... You know, I love swimming. I love being a part of a team. And so around when I had to decide for high school, I was like, this is it. Like, this is a sport for me. Was there a lot of competition, like, with your brothers, like, just in the pool and stuff? Um, <laughs> I like to say yes, but it definitely was not. They were a lot faster than me. 
Um, but they definitely help me with like my technique, mm-hmm. and they're huge supporters, so I'm super thankful for them. Terrific. And then um, Bates. So how did you decide this was a place for you? Um, so I remember coming here like my first visit, and I got those butterfly feelings, and I was so excited. And then I got to sit in on some classes, and I got even more excited. And then I talked to Coach, and I saw the team, and I was like, this is definitely the place for me. Like, I'm in love with it. You have the small classes, but you also have, like, the big school feel where, like, no matter where you go, you're going to – you can meet someone new, but also have a friendly face. And so having that and then having the balance between – a rigorous academics but also having like competition and all that in the pool just was the school for me being from connecticut were you familiar with bates growing up or when did you first come in contact um i had a family friend attend bates and she would always rave about it and say how amazing it was and then it popped up and i thought about it and then i did more research and i talked to coach and i was like i definitely think i want to be here well speaking of coach casares what's he like in terms of you know the training and everything i know it's pretty intense (laughs) definitely intense he knows how to push us to our limits, but he's so positive on deck. He always knows how to get you riled up, and even when you think you've given it your all, he believes in you at times when you're like, I don't know if I can do this, and he's like, no, you can. Like, you totally got this. So he definitely pushes us, but he also believes in us, which is awesome. This weekend, you are I have a meet with Dartmouth on Friday. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? And Ivy League school coming to Bates to take on the Bobcats. Yeah, it's definitely going to be very interesting because they are such a strong team. But I think it'll be very good for us because, yeah, they're going to push us, but it's only going to make us stronger in the end. In terms of you know being a first year here, what have maybe some of the senior leaders, some of the captains for the women's swimming team told you about what it takes to succeed here at Bates? Um, they definitely talked about the basics, you know, time management, um, talking to your professors, but they've also said like you can rely on the team, like we're here, everyone's here for help, and it's also like the idea of like we're all in this together. So if someone's struggling with a class, like someone else has probably struggled with that, and it's also in the pool, like, have fun with it, and, like, everyone's here supporting you. Perfect. Caroline Sweeney, Female Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. (laughs) Thank you so much. For the men's swimming and diving team, senior captain Alex Bedard won all three breaststroke events and helped the 200-yard medley relay team take first place in their race. Bedard, a four-time All-American, is our male Bobcat of the Week. Fourth year of the main state meet, so it started when you were first year, and now as a senior, how have you seen the meet change, if at all, or grow through the four years you've been here at Bates? It's been really interesting. For the first couple years, it was just mainly Maine Orno, Bates, Bowden, and Colby, but now we've added University of New England, Maine Maritimes, St. Joe's, a bunch of other schools, which makes it a lot more fun because those are a lot of teams we don't usually race, so it's great to get some different competition out there. Terrific. And then obviously uh, you won three events, I believe, in the breaststroke individually, and you also were part of a victorious relay team. What makes the breaststroke the stroke that you prefer for us? Uh, it's always sent for uh, the past five or six years. It's been just something that came pretty natural to, to me. I really just enjoy doing it in practice, but also just at Bates. Ever since I was a freshman, there's always been a group of four or five fast guys who swim breaststroke just to train with, and it makes it so much easier to go fast and practice when you have a good group of guys training with you. 
Well, speaking of that, obviously the team graduated some you know, top-level talent, guys like Teddy Penner, Jonathan Depew, so on and so forth. And so what's the team like this year with the, you know maybe a little bit younger squad but also with senior leaders like yourself? It's been really interesting because we do have a really large freshman class, the largest since I've been here. And seeing them all grow and just be able to complete practices better and understand how our training works, it's really interesting. And as a captain giving them advice when they need it and making sure they're comfortable to ask questions if they're not understanding something or if they have a question about how we train or how we race. It's been really rewarding to see them all do really well so far. You and Roy Collins are the two captains, right? And so we talked to Roy before this season. What's that dynamic like? I believe you two are also roommates. We are. We've been roommates for three years now, and it's really great because we're comfortable enough with each other that we can hold each other accountable and we understand how we each work and it really plays off we play off each other really well and it makes the captaincy really smooth and easy and I think it really helps us out now this Friday home meet Dartmouth a little different isn't it yeah it'll be some great competition Ivy League school the Ivy League has some really fast swimmers so it'll be different but Hopefully we can surprise some people and get some wins in there. You're from New Hampshire, right? I am. And so so is Dartmouth. What what you're familiar with them growing up or anything? I actually went to a swim camp at Dartmouth in high school and it's a great facility up there. They've had some national level division one athletes come out of there and I think some people think it'll be maybe not too close, but I'd I wouldn't be surprised if we make it a little closer than Dartmouth would like. So hopefully we can surprise some folks. Does it add some extra excitement for you personally, being from you know New Hampshire? It's really interesting because I have some friends who have gone to Dartmouth and swam at Dartmouth, so it's a bit of a homecoming, I guess. Well, they're coming to you, though. How excited <laughs> is to host them? Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. We don't have to make that drive. We'll be able to sleep where we normally sleep. We'll be a little more well-rested than them in that sense, and hopefully we can really go and get them. Because obviously you compete against the University of Maine every year in the Maine State Meet, so you've competed against Division One opponents before, but Ivy League is probably a little bit different level than you, Maine, perhaps, right? Yeah, Ivy League is pretty elite mid-major Division One swimming, and it's different, but I think it'll prepare us for NESCACs when we're going up against a lot of good competition then, and also just nationals, because swimming against fast people always helps you out, whether you're winning or not. Tell us a little bit more about maybe the main state media or part of a victorious relay as well. Uh, some younger guys help with that too, right? Yeah, it's really great when I get to be on relays with some of the first years just because I get to see how they perform under pressure and if they like to really get excited for the team relays. And so far, everyone I've been on relays with is getting really excited, and it's great to see them care about the team just as much or if not more than their individual races. Who are some guys who have really stood out to you so far in the young season? So far, I'd say Andrew Hall has been a great competitor and a great practicer. He's a fellow breaststroker, so I get to train with him a lot. But also from the sprint lanes, Dan Waterland and Chris Draper have really stepped up to the plate when it matters most in big meets, and they've taken down some pretty fast competition already. So after the Dartmouth meet, I believe you have the training trip. You don't have a meet again until January, right? No, we don't. We will be mainly just working, swimming about four hours a day, which has its toll, but it's it's a great time because it brings our team closer together and it also 
gets us ready for the second half of the season. And so how's that approach? Because I know the training can be hard, and Peter's even said sometimes the training is so hard that temporarily it slows you down, but in the long term it speeds you up. Definitely if we had a meet right after a training trip, it would be tough to bounce back and expect to go best times. But once we start resting and get to the championship season, you see all that hard work pay off. So it's a bit of a delayed gratification, but you just have to trust your training. And, I, and I've and i learned to just trust, trust uh, Coach Casares and know that he knows what's best for me so I just do the practices and know that by the end of the season I'll be where I need to be. Yeah I mean the results kind of speak for themselves with the success at NCAAs for the men's team kind of unprecedented history of Bates right I mean how proud are you to be part of this group that's made such an impact? It's really amazing I always hoped to get to the national level at Bates and getting there on relays and being able to score in four relays which is the most the men have ever scored in in one year was just so amazing and with that group of seniors that I was there with was just I couldn't have asked for a better group of guys and just on the last day finishing up it was just so surreal to be done and not just it hit me that they weren't coming back and it was tough to tough pill to swallow but that group of seniors all of them was just so awesome to train with and race with and be teammates for. It's a long season in terms of it's kind of spread out, you know, into March and whatnot. What are your kind of thoughts on the remainder of the year, some of your goals you have in your mind? Uh, so far, right now, the short-term goals are just get everyone to training trip, get everyone healthy, yeah. keep them healthy, and make sure the team as a whole can really be ready to perform. But once we get towards that end of the season, I think with the depth we have on both the men's and women's side with – big freshman classes and two very fast freshman classes I wouldn't be surprised if we jump up the NESCAC leaderboards which I think could really make some noise in the NESCAC because I don't know if a lot of other teams see us coming but I think we're poised for a pretty serious championship season. Excellent. Alex Bedard, Mail Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. The number 18 nationally ranked Bates men's squash team defeated Bowdoin for the 29th straight time on Wednesday with the Bobcats winning 8-1. to The number 18 nationally ranked Bates women's squash team blanked the Polar Bears 9-0 for their fifth straight win over Bowdoin. On Saturday, junior Lutza Polgar and senior captain Christina Alexova earned wins at the top of the ladder in the women's team's road loss to Brown. Meanwhile, on the men's side, senior captain Coley Cannon won his match against the Bears. Then on Sunday, the Bobcats welcomed perennial power Trinity to town, with the women earning a pair of victories thanks to first-year Natalie Bachman and senior Katie Bull. Sophomore Dylan Muldoon won his match against the Bantams on the men's side. Both teams are now 2-3 and three on the year. To update us on the teams, we chatted with Polgar, Cannon, and head coach. Pat Kosker. Playing Bowden at home is always a fun experience for the kids. It's great to have our fans and faculty members and parents and everyone come out and support our team. We never take it for granted that we, we, you know, we play well against Bowden. That, that's a special thing for our school and for our team and for our program, both men's and women's teams. We, the women have dropped a couple matches to, the, to Bowden in the past few years, so, um, so it's nice for them to get a, a resounding 9-0 victory. That's, that means a lot to us uh, moving forward. And same thing for the men. You know, the men, the, the Bowdoin team's gotten a little bit better. And, um, you know, we, we just don't want to take that for granted. So beating Bowdoin at home is just a special thing for us and, and for, for Bates College. And, and so we're just doing our part. Um, yeah, the weekend was tough. You know, it's tough. It's, it's good to travel. It's fun to travel. But it, it, I think we had a, um, we brought a knife to a gunfight, as uh, Taylor Swift would say, Aaron. 
um, the Brown team, both teams were good. And they were they were at home, and they had you know the the odds against or you know in their favor. So um, to go up against them at home was was challenging. I think the effort was there. You know, both teams showed a, a huge amount of effort, and, and um, you know it sounds corny as a coach, but we tried really hard. You know, we're close in many respects. Coley won his match on the men's side, and Lutz and, and Christina won their matches on the women's side, and and so that's it's nice. It's nice to not get blanked and get shut out. Um, at the same time, I think, you know, it's still early in the season. It's the fifth or sixth match of the season. And, and if we play that match six weeks from now or two months from now, I think we, we have a better shot. Um, we're still getting there. We're still getting fit. We're still getting into, you know, what, what's expected of us. Uh, I think the first years are still kind of learning the system and, and, you know, reacting to some of the things the captains are doing and, and coaching staff and all that. So we'll, we'll get there. Um, but it's it's a good experience to go down to Providence for a night and play Brown and, and uh, you know Ivy League team Ivy League program and all that. Um, the Trinity match is a whole other animal. Um, we're friends. We all kind of know each other and from junior squash and and all that stuff. And and so it's a little bit of a mental exercise to to sort of adjust. We I think the world knows in squash that the Trinity is the top, and so um, it's sort of a you know, we won't. We don't. We don't want to fall into that where you know, oh, they're better than us, and we'll just kind of try our hardest and see what happens, kind of thing. We want to go and take it to them, and and in many respects, we did yesterday. That effort was really great. And and Coley, and you know, maybe we could say that in years past, I think that effort yesterday was probably the best effort we've shown against Trinity, um, especially being at home Sunday morning after coming back late on Saturday night. I was really, just really proud of of both teams, the way that they responded to that and the, the way they fought through. Um, obviously, to have Dylan Muldoon win at number nine is a cool thing for him and cool thing for the men. Um, Christina was in there at, at number two. Lutza had a great match at number one. Coley winning, um, you know, the first game and Mahmoud winning the first game. Like we we were there, you know. They dropped a few guys, but but who cares, right? We were there, and I think it all kind of bodes well for the for the next few weeks of our season and, and the next couple months. Well, I wanted to ask you as a senior captain, you know, you touched on the effort you guys showed against Trinity yesterday. What were your thoughts on this past week? Obviously, 29 now in a row against Bowdoin must feel pretty good. Yeah, it does. I mean, 29 wins in a row, that dates back to 2002, I believe. People look at that record, and, and, and it seems easier easier said than done. I mean, that, that matchup, um, it's, it's, sometimes, it's sometimes easy for us and sometimes hard. I mean, against the, against the main schools that we saw last year, we had some – we had a – uh, we had a tight one with Colby, and I was telling telling my guys earlier before we, before we started that match that uh, that we should never under never uh, underestimate a team. And uh, I mean, they had they had, so they had a great recruiting class, their, their freshman class. I, I believe they had three in their starting lineup. Um, and so a few of our guys had tough matches, but we were able to uh, get the 29th win there, and, and that definitely felt good going into this weekend. For sure, and Lutza, you know, always nice to get a, a win over, uh, for you individually, a win over an Ivy League opponent right there on Saturday. And then the very next day, though, I understand a very physical match. What were those two days like for you? Um, it was definitely very hard to, um, especially because of traveling down to Providence yeah. and then um, traveling back. But um, mostly the mental part since uh, that was our fourth and fifth match with uh, Brown and Trinity. So... Before that, I haven't had uh, as tough of opponent, um, and the brown girl, I haven't played her before, so um, I definitely wanted to go up there and do my best, and um, 
luckily, um, luckily I, I came out strong and came on the top with a 3-1 win. And um, the following day uh, against Trinity, that was that was the hardest match I've had this season so far. Um, I lost three love, but um, I feel like there was more in that match that uh, the scores show. Um, it was definitely a very physical match. I took a couple of hits, but um, I'm, I'm happy with the, play, uh, the way that I played. Uh, definitely, I maybe I could improve in, on my mental game, I guess. But um, but it's a good start. Following up on that, you touched on you never played the woman from Brown before. When you have a match like that, um, when you know it's a top player, but you've never seen them, what's your approach, kind of? For me, I usually go in with a with a set game plan, with the intention that um, being prepared that I would have to change that. So I usually come on strong and um, try to try to move up, volley everything, try to hit the corners, and then um, if that doesn't work, uh, change the pace, uh, which I eventually had to do um, after the second game, which I lost. Um, so. So I usually I usually do that and then and then just make sure that I stay in focus until the very end. Then Coley, you had the win against Brown as well. well. Your opponent, you know, playing pretty high up the ladder there for you. What did you see from your opponent? What was your approach in that match? Well, so in that match, it was a weird scenario because we I'd already known that we had lost to Brown. Um, playing playing the four spot in a three court system, you, you go in court last, so it's either the match is on your shoulders or it's already over. So. And the same thing happened with Trinity on Sunday. I mean, you have to go into those matches kind of with an individual mentality, get, getting this win for yourself. Um, and, I mean, as much as I loved representing Bates as a team, uh, it, 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 was, it was nice being able to wrap my head around my own victory, even though, like, even though the team had already lost. I mean, it, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to go out there and still keep that same mentality that, that you would have before. So... Um, I, I, I was playing a freshman. That was actually that, that was that was his first match of his college career, and um, uh, it was it was it was a pretty interesting match. I got, I got the first game, and then went down two uh, one, and I was I was incredibly tired in the in the in the fourth and fifth, and in the fifth, the guy actually had an injury on court. He, he drew blood, and then you have to go clean the court up, and he has to get wrapped up. Uh, and I was able to recover there for a few minutes and talk to coach and talk to some of my teammates for some for some support. Um, and then I, I was able to grind back for 11-9 in the fifth. So that, that felt really good to get that victory. One of the things about squash that I love is the players, you mentioned that, you know, coach each other kind of a little bit, um, you know, between uh, games and whatnot. As a senior leader, who are you really working with this year? Well, you know, it, it depends because uh, whoever you're, whoever's roughing your match usually is the one to talk to you in between games. Uh, with that being said, though, um, you sometimes get lucky depending on when you're playing. So if you're playing last, a lot of the other courts are sometimes done. Um, and if you have a, if you have a closer match, or if uh, um, you know if there's a lot riding on your match, then then Coach Pat's going to be right there to, to support you as well. And so uh, I actually had a lot of guys talking to me in between games, especially in the in the, in the latter half of the match. Um, but uh, you know, I usually. I, I usually talk to the guys uh, that, that are refing me, you know, uh, Garen or Jesper at, at the five and six spots. Gotcha. Well, Jesper won the first years this year. Obviously, you know, he's already playing fairly high at the ladder. What have you seen from him? He, he's shown incredible talent. I, I, I can't wait to watch him over the next four years. Um, it's unfortunate I only have one year overlap with him, but he's, 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 really, he's really shown a lot of uh, 
a lot of progress this fall, and I, I, I like watching him take on a lot of responsibility and, and playing at such a high ladder position early on. And that, that's hard when you, I mean, this 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 past weekend against Brown, he was facing a senior with a with a posse of about thirty of his uh, thirty of his guys getting really rowdy right outside the court, and, and he stayed he stayed strong with a strong mental game, and he was able to fight really hard. And, and unfortunately, he lost in five, but um, I mean, he, he played out of his mind, and that's all I can ask of these guys. So. Great. Lutza, I mean, you being a junior, you're playing the number one position. There's some first-years who are making a big impact for the women as well. What are you seeing from them? Yeah, they're they're all working really, really hard. And um, and obviously, it's really hard to come in as a freshman and um, and play college squash for the first time. But I, I think they're taking on the responsibility very well. Um, Natasha Jones playing at five. Um, she, she has one of the best records uh, on the team right now. Um, the other two freshmen are doing just as great. Um, Natalie, Natalie won against Trinity, which is just a huge, huge win for her, and I'm really, really happy for her. Um, I really can't wait to see um, their progress that they're making. Yeah, I was going to say, I, for the women, Natalie and Katie Bull both got wins against Trinity. Katie, that's her second time beating someone Katie's, from the Bantams, Katie's right? Katie's second time, yeah. Yeah, Katie, Katie's been through a lot, you know, it's about up and down, and... Um, now playing at nine as a senior, you know, you, it's nice to, to be able to put her out there at number nine, knowing that she's so experienced, um, you know, especially against Trinity at home, against a player who is maybe playing one of her first matches. You know, it's it. you just expect, oh, it sounds crazy to say against Trinity, but you almost expect Katie to win at that spot. Um, you look at it on paper, and, and as we all know, we don't play the match on paper, but you look at it on paper and you say Katie can win that match, and, you know, she doesn't need a lot of coaching she doesn't need a lot of uh pepping up during the match she she's been through it all you know she's been through losses to Bowden and wins against some big teams and so she knows exactly what we expect she knows exactly what the women need and um you know she goes out and she gets it done it was amazing to watch Natalie and, and Katie win against Trinity that's huge for us it's huge for the team that's huge for them Pat mentioned something about, you know, on paper. I know the U.S. squash has those rankings in terms of, like, numerical rankings for, for players. How much of a, is that can be a trap? Do you guys try to avoid those looking at that even? Absolutely. I, mean, yeah. I, I try not to look at that at all. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I tell the guys in the team as much as I can, it's not this, this game in, in the college level is not nearly as much about skill as, as it is fitness and, and heart and, and wanting it. And you can go out there and kill yourself with just straight rails over and over and over again. And if they're tight and if you can keep doing them forever, then you can beat guys who can who can hit those cross court nicks and straight drops with higher higher level skills and better hands. Um, that 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 really shouldn't stop you from thinking about a win at all. I mean, um, like against against Trinity is a perfect example. Those guys that we were playing had had ratings that. St- that blew us out of the water but I mean a lot of us held strong with them and we even got a win at nine there and right. and you know it, it happens it might not happen for five of our guys but it's going to happen for one or two um, and I mean that was kind of our goal with Trinity we just kind of wanted to have them leave the building a little bit scared of Bates and um, and, and and it was it was nice to be able to do that so that was cool. Lutza Polgar, Pat Kosker and Coley Cannon thanks so much we'll check back in in about a month. Thanks Aaron Thank happy you. holidays everyone. The men's basketball team fell at Babson on Wednesday and dropped another road contest at St. Joseph's on Saturday. The women's team also fell at St. Joseph's, the Bobcats' first loss of the season. The teams play a combined five games this week, starting Tuesday night with the men visiting Husson 
and the women visiting Colby for a non-conference game against the Mules. The women's basketball program is helped out by assistant coach Mike Seltzer. Seltzer does more than that, though. He is also the head strength and conditioning coach for Bates Athletics. This is his third year assisting the women's basketball team, and for the first time, he joins the Bobcast. Mike, first of all, give us an idea how you first got connected with Bates College. Around 2010, um, I actually met uh, my future wife, who works in our admissions office, and that's really how everything started. Um, as we started dating and I started to meet the coaches and know everyone on campus, um, I was training privately in Portland, working with a lot of high school and college athletes out of a, out of a gym that I rented space from. Um, and kind of one thing led to another. Um, first couple teams that I worked with were the soccer teams, men's lacrosse team, um, and then slowly but surely everyone else kind of started asking for my input or whatever I could offer. And that kind of just snowballed into where I am now. What's your background when it comes to strength and conditioning? You know, did you study to do this type of work in college or how did that go? Yeah, so I took a different road to strength and conditioning than, uh, the, than the traditional road. Um, I went to a small liberal arts school in New Hampshire and I was a basketball player and so strength and conditioning, we didn't have a coach. So we just kind of followed the lead of our upperclassmen. Um, looking back, it wasn't exactly the right programs for us to be doing, but it was a little bit more old school. Um, but I studied business. So I went out of college to make a lot of money in business and started coaching and having parents of young athletes ask me to train their kids in the weight room, which led me to research and study and one certification that led to another. And eventually it, I left the shirt and tie world, which I wasn't fond of anyway. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, started diving directly into strength and conditioning. And so from a coaching perspective, you're also obviously an assistant coach for the women's basketball team. How did that all come about, you know, going beyond just the strength and conditioning effort into also, you know, helping out Allison and Christina? I started coaching basketball directly out of college, um, just helping out with my old high school team. Um, And then as my coach moved on to other schools, I would, you know, coach his freshman team or be involved at the high school level, some AAU programs. Then when I moved to the southern part of the state, um, I was an assistant coach for USM men's basketball uh, for three seasons. And then um, with all the strength conditioning stuff involved in that, and then it became uh, Falmouth High School for a couple of years, so I had Thomas Coyne for a year. Um, yeah, and then when Allison took over, uh, the second year she, she was here, she asked if, if I wanted to, to help out with the team. I had not been involved in coaching basketball for three or four seasons. I can't remember how many it was. So talking with my wife, we thought it was a great idea. It was been a lot of fun. So that's kind of how I got in with with assisting with Allison. And so this year's women's team, obviously, you know, very exciting, a lot of uh, youth, right? A lot of first years. What's that been like so far? It's been a lot of fun. I mean, they're, they're a great group of, of young women and, you know, every day has been kind of a new development in practice. We're, we're moving the scale up. So, uh, she's recruited in a lot of talent with this first year, with our first years. Um, and the energy in practice has always been good. You know, it's always been great. So they play really hard. We're competing. Um, and we're young and that's part of the building process, but, I think we're, you know, three and one, so we're performing, you know, really well, and 
the best part about it is watching film last night and talking to the girls during practice and stuff. Uh, there's still a ton of potential and a ton of room for growth very quickly. So Great. Going back to the strength and conditioning piece, you work with obviously different sports here at Bates, not all the sports, but a variety of the sports. How do you approach that? Do you tailor-made custom you know, plans for each sport, or is it kind of a one overarching you know, you know, theory or method you use? So it's a little bit of both. There is an overarching theory, method, uh, philosophy that I utilize, which is very much um, quality over quantity and movement-oriented uh, stuff in the weight room. Um, which seems to be in the realm of reducing a lot of injuries, which is obviously the primary goal. Um, but in, in regards to how I separate it between team to team, I like to meet with the coaches as much as I can and get their input as what they feel is, is necessary for their athletes because they have more hands-on with their athletes than I do. And then I, I have a generic program that I alter and tweak and make suggestions on to to then give out to the athletes and meet with the athletes as needed. So, you know, Division Three and NESCAC rules do make it a little bit challenging because um, we, we are really hands-off in the off-season unless they have specific questions or safety concerns or whatnot. Um, so we utilize our PE classes very well, I think, to do agility work or weight room work. It's different from fall to winter semester, but there was probably six or so last semester, and there's four or five in the winter semester, and, and we may add, you know, it's, it's, it's how we get time with our athletes. And as long as it's open to every student on right. campus, which we always have other students come, then, then we're, we're safe. We're good. Excellent. How do you work with the training staff? Or, is that, or are they totally separate in terms of, like, the trainers and what they do? No. So we're, we're in the same unit. Um, we just have constant communication about, you know, how the athletes are doing, right? So an athlete gets hurt or feels something off, you know, typical stuff might be a hamstring or a groin thing, right, from, from running or jumping. They'll go to the athletic trainers and get evaluated, and our athletic training staff is, is really progressive and they're doing a lot of awesome work. So you walk down the hallway and the athletes are out and they're doing some rehab exercises. Um, and then they can come back to me for our training stuff, right? And, and the good thing is last summer I went back and I got my licensed massage therapist so I can do a little bit of extra work if needed and, and communicate with the, with the athletic training staff on, you know, on that type of stuff. Great. Um, when it comes to like evaluating like what you're doing, what do you term like a you know success in terms of working with individual athletes or teams? Well, the biggest determiner determinant of success, in my opinion, is are we less injured, mm -hmm. right? So ultimately, you can be as strong as an as as an ox in the weight room or the fastest person on campus, but if you can't actually get to practice and play in the games because you're on the sideline, that doesn't do anybody any good. Mm -hmm. So the first job was to try and really figure out how to reduce the acute uh, injuries like knee injuries or you know stuff like that, which I think we've done a really good job of over the last five, six years, whatever it's been. Um, and then after that, there's always the nagging hamstring, ankle type, shoulder type stuff that 
those tend to be the harder ones to try and mitigate as best as possible because they're just usually more chronic than acute, which means they just build up over time. Did Bates have anything, to your knowledge, in terms of strength and conditioning programs that you established before you got here, or is this kind of new? Uh, I think it's mostly new. They didn't have anyone really dedicated just solely as a strength and conditioning right. coach. So football has always used um, one of their assistants traditionally. Um, and then J&L have always had one of their assistants doing theirs. Um, and so that's still the case. Right. And I think primarily before I was here, if a team wanted you know, a specific program, the coach would either go find the program him or herself mm-hmm. and, and you know, say, here you go, or um, one of the football coaches or, tra- or whoever, right, they would reach out for some help. Right. So, What are some feedback maybe you've gotten from the athletes? Hopefully it's, it's <laughs> good feedback. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we look at speed testing and strength testing and, and our kind of markers of, of athletic performance. And I like to communicate with, you know, a lot of the teams have their leadership groups. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we have captains. So I'll, I'll communicate with the captains. Um, let's say men's lacrosse as an example because I work really closely mm-hmm. with them. You know, their captains keep in close touch um, to our abroad, to our here. And in the beginning of the year, I meet with them and ask what they feel they need and obviously i'll talk to peter but it's you know how is the team do you think we're fast do do how do we compare as far as speed and agility to the rest of the teams we compete compete against um i know that they're a strong team so now it's tweaking programs to up their level of speed and agility and quickness and all of that type of stuff so they it's a love hate because <laughs> at six thirty in the morning in a pe class they're not excited to be there but um i think they they see the results and they understand what the end goal is. All right, Mike Seltzer, thanks so much. Thank you. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll recap how the basketball teams do this week. The men are home Thursday against Bowdoin and Saturday against Colby. Plus, we'll look back on the swimming and diving teams meet with Dartmouth. All that and more next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates, 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 B